one piece of advice that I think that really, really bought me a lot of time that accelerated things for me is having a very, very clear brand, a very clear mission, and a very, very clear set of core values and strategies. Welcome to the Sawyer Vet Now What, the podcast. This is a show that serves as your audio mentor in your journey as a veterinarian. And each week, our awesome host, Dr. Mariah McCauley, will be bringing you insightful, short-form interviews with happy, successful vets who are eager to share their career and clinical tips to make your life easier. So whether you're a final year vet student or a recent graduate, this podcast is your trusted companion on the pathway to success in veterinary medicine. Over to you, Mo. Welcome back to So You're a Vet. Now what? I'm your host, Dr. Mariah McCauley. If you haven't already listened to part one, I'm going to tell you to hit pause and listen to last week's episodes first. For those of you who have been patiently waiting since last week, here is part two of my conversation with Dr. Cody Creelman about the story of FenVet. In this episode, Cody goes into deeper detail about what it takes to actually start your own practice. So let's dive right into it. All right. Well, you guys, welcome back to part two. If you listened to part one already, you know that Cody and I were just too excited. Maybe I was more excited. I don't know. Um, to talk about practice ownership and the fact that it really is attainable for you guys if you are a new grad or a recent grad. So Cody, welcome back for part two. Thank you. Oh my goodness. We do not have to overthink this, right? I get phone calls literally all week long of young veterinary professionals that are interested in this, and they are overthinking it to the extreme. It's not that complicated. I'm doing a presentation in September in San Diego at the AHA convention. And in my session, we're going to build a practice in real time from start to finish, just so I can prove a point to the world that like you can do this in three hours if you want. That's insane. We're going to come up with a practice name. We're going to come up with a mission. We're going to come up with our core values. We're going to design a logo. We're going to make a website. We are going to put together our operational plan. We're going to talk about hiring a team. We're going to talk about financing. We're going to build a business plan. We're going to do all of it in three hours. Like this is not rocket science. It's a small business that is funded by the banks with nearly 100% certainty because we're the darlings of the healthcare industry. Why are we the darlings of the healthcare industry? Because we have almost no regulation in comparison to everybody else, right? The doctors would die to be able to run businesses the way that we run businesses, right? To be able to not have to worry about insurance companies and governmental support. We can just pick our prices and run a business. That's insane to most of the healthcare industry. So like, I think people overthink this too much. Is it easy? No. Doing the, that part is the easiest. Going to day one is by far and in a way the easiest. And when we, we stop for a little break, you know, there is all these incredible opportunities that presented itself that I never thought would have existed or been this like superpower. Like these are, do you want to know the thing that I didn't plan yeah. for? I didn't plan for in 2023 that nobody else would be able to hire veterinarians. And I had a waiting list of 20. Oh, 
I have a waiting list of 20. I have 10 veterinarians. I've gone from zero to 10 veterinarians in 26 months. And I have a waiting list of 10 or 20 local veterinarians. This isn't like 20 from across the world. This is 20 Calgary based local high quality veterinarian same thing i have a waiting list for rvts i have no problem hiring like can you imagine having that as like on your side i'm jealous and what did i do i'm so jealous (laughs) what did i do besides like just make a brand that vets actually wanted to work in right i don't pay the most i don't pay the most by a long shot i don't have anybody on production i've got great benefits I treat them really, really well. I've got an amazing practice culture. It's really nice to walk into the vet clinic every single day, but like it is just a function of they feel valued. They feel valuable. They walk in and they're happy. What an incredible superpower of a practice. Like, I don't think the corporates would believe me. No, honestly, they wouldn't. They are dying. Like a signing bonus. I've never given a person a signing bonus in my life goodness, like all these factors, like honestly, they would make a lot of the people that I've talked to that are in corporate medicine literally just make their heads just fall off. (laughs) Well, I know their heads are falling off because they talk to me behind closed doors. Yeah. Right. And the only reason that I can be a loud mouth about all of this is because I'm not trying to sell. Like most of the people that look like me are trying to line up the next corporate buyer, right? Like this should look the way that FanBet's going. I want to build a hundred FanBets. Like, and I know that seems crazy, but I like, I specifically set out a goal based off of the following conversation with myself. I knew I could build one vet clinic. So I thought over the next 35 years, could I build 10 in 35 years? I had six before. So could I build 10? Yeah. yeah, I think I could do 10 over 35 years. So I just picked an order of magnitude of 100, right? And I wanted nothing to do with co- the way that private equity was going. I wanted nothing to do with venture capital backed veterinary consolidator groups because they just end up selling to the next biggest fish, mm-hmm. right? Like this is how this works. You have a group of veterinarians build up 14 hospitals and then they, they sell it to NVA for $1.6 billion. Mm-hmm. Like that's what this looks like. And if you're on that trajectory, you're going to be really quiet about the industry. But I'm not trying to do that. I just want to do this for the rest of my life. And if I get to 11 vet clinics in 35 years, that's great. If I build two, that's Mm -hmm. great. If I build 54, that's great. If I build 99, I'll be really mad because then I'll be one short. But like I get to talk freely because I don't care about what anybody Mm -hmm. else thinks because I'm not trying to sell my clinics to Mm -hmm. anybody ever. So if NVA gets pissed off at this, I don't care. If Mission gets pissed off at this, I don't care. If Bonvet doesn't like what I'm saying, I don't care. I've got some CEOs and corporates that are super, super mad at me right now. But behind closed doors, all their executives are talking to me and they're telling me that like things are not being run super well. So they talk to me behind closed doors. It's wild. Oh my goodness. Like just this conversation, honestly, I feel like it's going to open so many eyes of people that are in corporate, even um, people that are working for corporate practices. And in a way, like it makes you think about like all this because I like I work at a corporate practice. And there's definitely things that I see that everyone knows, like corporate practice is not perfect. 
No, and I don't want to bash it. Like, there has been great things. There's yeah. no question that corporate has bought the four doctor practice that had, you know, didn't have X ray, didn't have ultrasound. They've done good things, but For yeah, sure. but there's still like those little things in the back of your mind that things keep changing, and you're like, I don't really like the way that things are changing here to the nth degree. So it. Like having this kind of conversation, just again, it perks those kind of questions that we have in the back of our mind. So let's hone down on these last couple minutes here and kind of, if you are like you're talking like me, if I'm uh, I'm looking to potentially own a practice to build a de novo, like I really want to do it. I know my why. I really believe in myself. Like, what is step one? Like, what do I need to do? I have no idea. I have no business like practice anything like that. What do I need to do? For sure. So definitely reaching out to somebody that looks like a me is a really great step, like starting uh, step. So just to get resources, right? Just to be a sounding board. Is there a local entrepreneurial veterinarian in your area, in the next county, in the next state that has just done this before? Because they're going to be able to contextualize those next steps. Those next steps really aren't too difficult if you surround yourself with the right team. And this fortunately is a team that's not too terribly expensive. So you need to surround yourself with a good lawyer. You need to surround yourself with an accountant. You need to surround yourself with a realtor and you need to surround yourself with a good banker. The realtor doesn't cost you anything. The banker doesn't cost you anything. The lawyer is cost is inconsequential. My success has been based off of the team and nothing else. Like I think that I'm really good at putting these teams together. So you're just putting yourself through this step with people who have done these things. This is old hat to a banker, mm-hmm. right? You're going to contact your local banks and see if they've got a veterinary uh, division and you're going to talk to a banker and you're going to say, this is what I want to do. And you're going to talk to three bankers and they're going to like, this is, they do this all day long, every day. Same thing with your lawyer, same thing with an accountant, same thing with a realtor. I've got an amazing realtor here that's closed several deals on vet clinics. He can, mm-hmm. he can tell you exactly what you need in terms of next steps of finding that next architect finding the builder that you need. All of that is just surrounded by those like typical professionals that are going to help you get to that next step. The one thing, the one piece of advice that I think that really, really bought me a lot of time that accelerated things for me is having a very, very clear brand, a very clear mission, and a very, very clear set of core values and strategies. So for me specifically, I came upon this veterinary care reimagined, you know, on my own. I, it was something I was obsessing over. The core values came from reading the book, The Blue Ocean. That's where I like triangulated like where there was competition in the industry and where there wasn't. And the best money I ever spent was on a marketing person to help crystallize that. I had the idea, right? But I needed to communicate that to the world. So that's typically the first step of like having this really clear vision that then you can do. I can take that business plan or I can take that mission and I could show my architect that she can then build the practice mm-hmm. of my dreams. I could show my banker and he can understand exactly what I'm doing. So, so having somebody to help you on the marketing side is so incredibly important. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's like the branding part, but clinics are more than just a logo. Mm-hmm. This is the, the, don't think that you're going to get the, I feel like everybody starts with a logo and it's laughable, right? Like it's, the easiest part is making a logo and getting to the day that you open that door. Okay. So I guess that is like the biggest question I've always had. Honestly, I was like, 
how do I even start? Like, who do I talk to? And so I guess like, again, like having a list of like a banker, a realtor, a lawyer, an architect, a marketing person, like, I guess those would be the major five people that you should surround yourself with. And from there, they can use their experience to help encourage you to be like, hey, this is your next step from there. Because like you said, getting to day one, easiest part. So what happens after day one? Yeah, so that's culture management and building team, right? So putting together that initial foundational team, whether that's an acquisition, right? Like you're not going to want to keep all those people that you just bought. That like you are going to want to make some hard decisions. You're going to want to find team. You're going to want to find people that identify with that core value of that practice. So putting together that foundational team, absolutely critical. You know, when I started FenVet, it was five individuals that are still with me today. Like we've had zero turnover on them. They are all in, you know, these elevated roles within the practice. They're absolutely backbones of what we built. I put a lot of work into finding them, but like they built Fen after that. Like it is truly all about that team and then that culture management, that that maintaining what we have and preserving it when the next person comes in and the next person. We went from five to 35 people in 24 months. That's the hardest part of maintaining what you have, maintaining this founder mentality, maintaining our mission, maintaining our culture. That's the challenge that, you know, the human management portion of all of this is infinitely more hard than if my only job was to like come up with a cool vet clinic idea and execute onto day one where where somebody else got to open the door like I would have the easiest job in the world that part is literally nothing compared to like managing your team and managing your customers that that's infinitely infinitely harder which is very rewarding it's infinitely more rewarding as well for sure. And like, I, again, we can kind of see that as you've put out these little um, vlogs about FenVet and just sharing the story and the journey through all of that. And again, like I, again, we think about the hardest part is getting to that day one. But like you said, it's everything after that, because now you have two practices and you're planning on growing more. So obviously you can't have 35 Cody's. So you have to learn how to give up some of that responsibility and put the right people in those positions so that Fen can continue to grow and I feel like that is something where, again, like we talk about mentorship a lot here on the show. So for you, like, where are you finding your mentors for doing this? Well, I think it's just all that back to the team. Everything comes from the team. And those are the things that I'm honestly the most proud of and what we've done. My team figuring out the practice manager, like reimagination of the practice manager is something that I think I'll be infinitely and 100% proud of for the rest of my life, we figured out the broken practice manager system. I asked one of my RVTs, would you ever consider practice management? And she said, no. And I said, why? And she said, because I've never seen it work before. Mm. And I took that and we mulled it over and we boiled it down and we paired it and we, we paradigm shift what it means to be a practice manager. We don't even call it a practice manager. We call it a practice leader. My practice leader does not worry about what type of toilet paper exists uh, in the vet clinic. She doesn't worry about the if the marketing is done. She doesn't worry if the bills are being paid. She's focused on leading a practice. So like all of those different things that to be able to accomplish that was I had to be able to then delegate, right? I had to be able to elevate. You know, delegation 
isn't just this like dreary thing. It is like giving people responsibility that they feel even more valued and valuable within the practice that we're working. So like through that, I am so incredibly proud. And I just want to say like, I was really embarrassed to admit this for a very, very, very long time. And I've only started admitting it now. FenVet was the first small animal clinic I ever walked into. Really? And FenVet 2 was the second small animal practice I've ever walked into. I've never been in a small animal clinic before. The first one that I ever walked into was the one that we built. And I... If I shouldn't, like I started this in part one, I should not be the person doing this. If I can do this, this hillbilly cow vet from Northern Alberta, a thousand miles North of the Montana border, just because I think it should be done a different way. Literally anybody could do it. No, I feel like that again, should inspire people to be like, I can do this too. And again, like, I just love hearing your story and like literally the passion that you have for this. I feel like that will strongly encourage anybody who's really looking forward to this. So we're starting to run short again. How did we do this on part two? We're not going to make another part, I promise, for right now at least. So what would be your final word of advice for new grads who are thinking about going towards practice ownership? I think it is very normal once we go into practice and we get a couple years under our belt and we are starting to feel like clinical ninjas for our minds to wander again for our eyes to wander again. You you did this really hard thing and now you're like, and now what? Mm-hmm. Like, is my life spays and neuters and vaccine appointments and diarrhea dogs for the rest of my life? And you start to get this itch, right? And that's fine and that's normal. What I would say is the biggest piece of advice is if you're considering this is to take some time to have a break, book off a month, book off three weeks, book off six weeks, book off six months, And give yourself some time to really, really reflect and to think about what you want in this. Because when you jump in, like you're all in, you there's no takesy backsies. Uh, So take time to breathe, take time to rest, take time to heal. A lot of you all have some PTSD you need to get over in your first couple of years of practice. And that's normal. Take a breath, take a break think really deeply about what that next phase looks like. But when you got it, like, then go all in. No, I love that. And again, part of me is like, maybe I should think about practice ownership after this conversation. (laughs) But honestly, the guys like take Cody's words of advice for this. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to him. I know he's more than willing to answer these questions, but Cody, thank you so much for coming on the show and recording not one, but two. Didn't know you were going to record two episodes today, did you? Ha ha. But I've seriously enjoyed chatting. It's been way too long since we caught up, but thank you once again. Thank you. Till next time, y'all. See ya. So that's it for another show. Thank you so much to Dr. Mariah and her guests for today's tips. And if you're interested in learning more about what we do to support early stage vets in their careers, then check out my book, Sorry Vet Now What? or Non-Clinical Skills Training Class of the same name. Until next time, take care.